0: such a good beginner travel hack and if this is one of the only cards you have in your wallet to have a card that has no foreign transaction fees comes in really handy
1: welcome everyone to the daily drop podcast we are back with another exciting episode packed with some excellent travel hacking tips and tricks today we are going to cover a few things uh, the main topic is going to be a record sign-up offer on a few different cards from Southwest Airlines. All of them have mm-hmm. the same welcome offer, so which one should you get? Megan and I are going to tell you which one we think you should get. But before that, we're going to uh, talk about a fight that I allegedly <laughs> picked with Megan on the internet yesterday. You'll see what it that's all about. Intentional. Don't worry. It's okay. We're still friends, kind of. Uh, after that, we're going to tell you about... One of our favorite travel hacks, something that we use all the time, that we always advocate for people to do. It's super simple, uh, but it can change your life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, we're going to answer a question from one of you listeners. And that reminds me, if any of you have questions, be sure to reach out to us at podcast at dailydrop.com so we can answer your question on a future episode. That's right. But let's get back to that fight. What am I let's, talking about? Megan? Let's talk
0: about it. Mike put fighting words in the Daily Drop newsletter yesterday, he put boldly, I don't like Scotland.
1: I think I said, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Scotland. I mean, to be... It doesn't
0: matter how you spin it. It felt like a personal attack. I think you bolded it too. And I was like, <laughs> that's a personal attack on me.
1: <laughs> that, that sounds like something I would do. Um, but yeah... Yeah.
0: I mean we have to talk about it. I'm n i am i know I'm not the only one that was I know, shaken I know. by this. And I I had
1: a feeling that would happen, but I okay. So I went to Scotland, I went to Edinburgh, I went to Glasgow, I went up to the Highlands, I you know, <laughs> went up to Inverness, took a boat out on Loch Ness, like saw the, the national parks between all the cities, like Did you see that? And scene? I just like my only thought was eh like this is just like a less i'm i'm so sorry everyone but like it just reminded me of where i grew up in new hampshire in the us except like less beautiful i it's not like it wasn't pretty or, or anything like that or like i didn't enjoy it i just like didn't understand what all the hype was about because like it just wasn't it didn't really do it for me cuz i'm like i can get so much of this like the natural beauty and stuff like that at home and like the culturally It's like not for me, like something I really like in travel is when I can experience something different, a language barrier, you know, different cultural differences, like when I'm challenged and I'm learning things and stuff like that. That's what does it for me personally. And just like the UK is just not real. It's like as close as humanly possible to what I'm what I get back home. And so I felt like it was just kind of an underwhelming version of things that I have at home and where I grew up with prices that are like 10 times higher. (laughs) And so like, I went on a boat tour on Loch Ness and I was like, okay, like this was kind of nice, but it costs $70. I didn't learn anything. The lake's not that pretty. And, and it was so, so expensive. And I don't know. So my friend and I, we were on the same page too. Like we went on a little hike in Inverness and we looked over Inverness and both of us pretty much at the same time. were like, you want to? You want to just go somewhere else? <laughs> so, like on the spot, in like five minutes, we just canceled the rest of our plans and booked a ticket to Prague. And here I am. I'm in Prague now.
0: Fine. It's fair points, and you know, everyone, uh, everyone has their place, right? Everyone For sure. Has I'm not their... saying that.
1: Like, I'm saying this is very much a me thing. Yeah. So, like, I I can see why why people would like it and like i'm you know i grew up in a super beautiful part of the u.s where like there are beautiful mountains and lakes and the ocean and seasons and the fall and lots of outdoors stuff to do and so that's like just kind of what it reminded me of except i was like i kind of wish i was just in new hampshire hiking or on in new hampshire on a boat or something like that so yeah it just uh Didn't do it for me. I'm glad I went because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. But I also know that I'm not crazy because my friend was, he had also never been to Scotland and he felt the exact same way. Um, Like we talked to a couple other people, like he called his parents and and was like, yeah, we're going to Prague now. And they're like, yeah, I had a feeling you might want to leave Scotland. Like it's, it's not that special. And so like, look, I get it people are going to hate heart. me for this but like it just maybe it's you know what i've been doing recently like this year i've been to like over 50 it's a countries vast contrast. i've seen like so many like weird corners of the world that maybe it's just like relative to what i've been putting myself through this year that it felt a little underwhelming like traveling a ton and then going to canada and then like a few weeks later the next trip is scotland it just like didn't have that same you know, judge that I'm used to when, when I travel somewhere?
0: Sure. I mean, I have to respectfully and fully disagree on the beauty aspect. I think it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. And I grew up in Maryland and Kentucky. So like, I know I live in Florida now, so it seems like a vast contrast. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And for me like scotland just feels like home to me and which is hmm. like just a a hard feeling to put into words
1: i know so, what you mean
0: yeah you just it's one of those places that the first time i arrived i felt like i had been there before and it has this feeling to me that feels really comforting and feels it just makes me feel a little more alive i don't know if, mm-hmm. if that resonates with other travelers and that's a that's a a feeling that not everyone's going to have in every single place but i do i think it's one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen and the people in scotland are some of my favorite people i've met so
1: yeah the people were were great like yeah. people were yeah. really nice yeah. i like i said it's not like i had a negative experience there sure. i just like it was just an underwhelming experience for me but i can totally relate to to your impression of it because i feel that way about other places just Mm -hmm. like that feeling like home that that feeling that you can't really describe just a place you have some special connection to whether it's through experience being there whether it's through visiting there or just something that speaks to you that you can't really describe like i i have places like that too and that other people might not (laughs) agree with and so everyone is different but for me that was my uh, that was my personal experience there.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I hope you enjoy Prague. Also, a beautiful city.
1: Yeah, it's also a beautiful city. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying Prague, and I got a crazy deal too. I'm staying at a a Hyatt hotel mm-hmm. for five nights here that costs thirty five hundred points a night. So, nice. yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. So, like twenty thousand nice. points for for five nights here is just like epic. So,
0: Well done. I mean, we'll see if our friendship can be rekindled through this episode.
1: I don't know. If next week when we come back, if only one of us is here, you'll know what happened.
0: (laughs) That's funny because I think there's a bonus episode in between here that's going to be just me. So people might be a little worried.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Disregard my last sentence then.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about something we do agree on. One of our favorite travel hacking tools. Yeah. Let's talk h- Huka.
1: <laughs> I I just call it hookah, but you know, tomato tomato. Or I mean to be it.
0: fair, it it's just an acronym, H U C A.
1: <laughs> and that stands for hang up, hang call up. again.
0: That's right. What does and that it's mean? It's the best. It's the best travel hacking tool. I have had so many wins with this travel hacking tool. Um so hang up call again is exactly as it sounds it's when you hang up don't just hang up mid-sentence be nice about it (laughs) hang up and call again and there's so many circumstances that you can use this in travel hacking i think the the number one place i hear it come into play it's definitely not the only way i've used it but is talking to a customer service representative uh if you're doing a travel portal booking, if you have questions about your points, I mean, just anything. absolutely anything, right?
1: <laughs> Literally any any conversation you're having with customer service for an airline, travel program, hotel True. program, hotel property, travel portal, bank, uh, yeah. all of the above. The principle is this, when you're talking to a customer service agent, they don't always have The best knowledge of the program. They don't always have any kind of incentive to go out of their way to help you. Sometimes they're in a bad mood for all kinds of reasons. They might not be able to accomplish the thing you want to accomplish on that call. And when that's the case, the best tactic is to hang up and call again because if you keep doing that, you will eventually get an agent, a customer service agent, who will be able to help you either they will put in the effort to maybe they understand the program better maybe they've been with that program for longer maybe they've been working for years as opposed to like two weeks you could be getting a a brand new agent on the phone who's like still in training and sometimes the things they tell you might not be totally accurate in fact i'd say most of the time the things that customer service agents tell you are not in fact accurate in my experience
0: yeah yeah and i'll as you we were saying that, I was thinking this actually works with uh, digital methods of communication, too. If mm-hmm. you're emailing or on, using a chat feature and you're not getting the answer that you're hoping for or just not getting a super clear answer at all um you can end the chat and start a new chat i've even talked to the same customer service rep again doing this method and gotten a different answer
1: that's awkward
0: <laughs> yeah it it is but that was actually a, a win i've shared recently on this podcast that was when i was trying to get my built points on the um when i had the 5x unofficial sign up bonus and i wasn't getting any rep that was able to piece it together for me in a way that made sense. And I wrote into support again, got the same customer support agent, and he was able to redirect me to someone that was able to help. So it is just, it's advocating for yourself, right?
1: Yeah. And it obviously works best when you're confident about the rules. And so like, if you're, I don't know, if you read daily drop and you're like us I, I like nerd out about terms and conditions and things like that I like to I, I feel oftentimes like I know what I'm able to do and when I try to do things I have no problem hanging up and calling again because I know that what I'm doing is correct I, I've read the fine print so to speak and that's kind of a, a little like prerequisite to doing this don't yeah. just try to get something that you don't know for sure you're at, you're entitled to um, yeah. so like, and obviously don't be rude as well. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to abruptly hang up on them. You can yeah. just say, okay, you, you don't even have to tell them you're going to like call, call back and try to get someone else. You can just say, okay, thanks for your help. Goodbye. Yeah. You know, who cares? Like you don't have to ruin their day, um, yeah. to get what you want. So, yeah, you know, keep that, all that in mind. But yeah, I think Megan and I have both had plenty of successes with this, anything from, Like I get this all the time when a hotel stay uh, doesn't credit to one of my accounts, like any account, I guess mostly Marriott and Hyatt tend to do this where they just don't credit your points or elite nights and you have to call in. And sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, we'll start a case for you and we'll escalate it to blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Oh, well, I think you can actually just do it yourself right now. Like you can just adjust this on my account. And they're like, Oh, sorry. No, like this has to go up the food chain. And I'm like, don't bother it's okay goodbye and then I call back and eventually because a lot of the time agents can just very simply fix that for you and I know that and so I just call back a few times get it solved in five minutes instead of having to wait weeks to hear back from a manager like have an email case open have the back and forth like I know that it can be taken care of in one minute and so it's worth it to call back a few times to get it sorted out quickly yeah
0: yeah yeah I think that's a great point and I love the point you made on like um, not being like worried or scared to do this. Like you're not going over anyone's head by doing this. I think yeah. I hear a lot of times I hear like, Oh, I'm like, I'm too much of a people pleaser to do this. Or like, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. And that's not actually what this tool is. Um, it's, I mean, coming back to the beginning of this conversation, it's just the fact that different reps have different training. They've had different experience. They have different incentives. You're not going over anyone's head by doing this. You're just simply getting a clearer pathway in my vision.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the things that we need to do are pretty intricate and like uh, the customer service agents can't know everything. You know, this is a job for them and they learn and improve over time just like anybody at any job does. Like, if you're working at McDonald's or something, and somebody walks in the door and they're like, "Hi, can you tell me the the gross profit margin on a Big Mac, please?" You're not, you'd like, you're not going to know every little detail about the business you work for. I mean, with customer service, like you should know a high degree of it, but it's understandable that not everybody knows everything. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of the time, like you can kind of tell sometimes when someone's just having a bad day <laughs> and they're yeah. just not feeling it, and like that shouldn't happen in customer service, but it's you know that's a reality and so for all kinds of reasons you just might not get what you want so i think uh that pretty much sums that up pretty easy hack hang up call again
0: yeah let us know your wins with uh the good old huka
1: <laughs> yeah please write in find <laughs> yeah. us on the social media or email us at podcast at dailydrop.com or come into the daily drop facebook lounge And let us know if you successfully use that hack because we'd love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, that's also a great space if you're like, I don't know if I should be hanging up and calling again. Um, If you're a little confused on the terms and conditions, you can always ask us in there. Um, Everyone will uh, help out. So let's talk Southwest, which is getting a lot of spotlight this time of year for a few reasons.
1: Oh yeah, I'm excited about this one. So Southwest just came out with... A new welcome offer on all of their credit cards, all of their personal credit cards, um, and that offer is seventy five thousand southwest points after spending three thousand dollars in the first six three months months three months yeah. seventy five thousand points three thousand dollars in the first three months, and that is on all three of their personal cards, um, which are we 'll talk about that 's why we're we're doing this now. It's rare to see the same exact offer on cards that have variable annual fees, variable perks, uh, things like that. And so we're going to talk about which ones have the best value. We'll break down the perks of each of those cards. And I think there's, in my opinion, there's kind of a clear winner here just in terms of overall value. Because the idea is that um, ideally you're going to get a card that you're going to hold on to uh, after one year, you know, not just get it for the welcome bonus. And so it's important to understand the perks of all of them. So when the welcome bonus, you get the welcome bonus, a year goes by and it comes time to pay the annual fee, obviously you don't get another welcome bonus, but ideally we want the card to be something that you're willing to hold on to and are able to continue to get value out of. And I think there is a way to do that with with all of these cards, but one of them in particular gives you quite a bit of annual value.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'm We did not talk about which one our favorite card was before this episode. Once again, just surprising each other here. So I'm curious (laughs) to see if we have the same thoughts on the card. And I think two important caveats with the Southwest card specifically is you can't have multiple personal Southwest cards at once. So you can't hold all three of these at one time. Um, So you do have to choose between the three, which is why I think we want to do this showdown and kind of break down. What the best parts of each one are Um, and something you you just talked about um, choosing cards that are keeper cards with the southwest cards you can't just turn around and get another sign-up bonus it has to be 24 months in between the time you earn the first sign-up bonus so i think when there are rules like that it's all the more reason to think about what is a card i actually want to keep in my wallet long term
1: a hundred percent yeah Exactly. And another quick caveat to this whole topic, we're just going to be covering the Southwest personal cards right now, but they do have a couple of business cards as well. We would just, we this episode would be way too long if we try to compare all of them together. So we're just going to do the personal ones right now. You can Google if you have a business, uh, what the business cards are all about, but I think most people are interested in the personal cards. So that's, that's what we'll do, just FYI. So let's talk about the annual fees first. Yeah. And actually, let's go back one step. There are three cards, a low card, low tier card, middle tier card, and high tier card. Um, The lower tier card is called the plus card. The middle tier card is called the premier card. And the upper tier card is called the priority card. I hate that. Uh, It's like Marriott Bonvoy where they have like 20 cards that all start with B. And it's like none of the words indicate like how premium or not premium the card is.
0: Yep, it's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, "This is like Marriott all over again." Where we're like, "Wait, br- brilliant, Bevy." Which one? Which one is it? Yeah, I <laughs>
1: I literally had to write them down on paper. Like I'm holding this up to the camera right now. I had to write them down in front of me because I can't even keep track. So, so let's talk about the annual fees. Like I just said, one of the cards has a low annual fee. That is the Plus card with an annual fee of sixty nine U S dollars per year. Pretty low annual fee as far as credit cards go. The Premier card has a $99 annual fee. Again, pretty standard for lower-ish tier credit cards. And the Priority card, which is the most premium, has a $149 annual fee, which is pretty solid for yeah. like the higher tier card in a card family. So none of them are outrageous. Yeah. Um, But still, is it worth paying the higher annual fee for a card? We'll find we'll out. We'll find out. <laughs> so... let's talk about so one of the things that is different between all of these cards is foreign transaction fees Mm -hmm. so two of these cards do not have any foreign transaction fees but one of them does and that is the southwest plus card the lower tier card and so if you travel a lot that could be definitely a factor because you're going to end up spending more money than you need to if you're using this card abroad than if you were to get one of the other cards and so for example the premier card, the middle card, only costs $30 more per year in annual fees. And so if you just even think about, like, if you spend a few thousand dollars a year abroad on this card, you know, the that foreign transaction fee could easily over overtake the, the difference in annual fee for the middle tier card or higher tier card, uh, neither of which have any foreign transaction fees.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a great point for Southwest cards specifically, because when it comes to beginner travel hacks, I feel like Southwest is such a good beginner travel hack, like starter travel hack. And if this is one of the only cards you have in your wallet, to have a card that has no foreign transaction fees comes in really handy.
1: 100%. Southwest is is great. When I lived in the U.S., Southwest was my airline of choice. I, I think that it's super simple to understand their policies are incredibly flexible. You don't need any elite status. Like you get really, really uh, reasonable change and cancellation fees. Uh, you can, it's easy to like get your points back and stuff like that. Guess, get Southwest credit. Um, they have two free checked bags for everyone period. Um, when flying with them, yeah. they have a great route network and, Pretty low prices so southwest is is a great starter airline um, for anyone a great program to get involved with and so i think a lot of people are interested in holding these cards and just spending day to day on them and racking up a ton of southwest points and so i can see a lot of people in a situation where they're using this card abroad and that foreign transaction mm-hmm. fee really matters so yeah keep that in yeah. mind all right let's talk about earning rates what do, what do these cards earn? They're mostly the same, but there are a couple yeah. of small differences.
0: So like Mike said, there is a few just subtle differences between the cards. So both the Premier and the Priority, so that's a mid-tier and high-tier, give you three X points on Southwest purchases and then also two X points on local transit um, and then also Southwest hotel and car rentals if you book your hotel or car rental through southwest that is um and then also on cell phone and is it select streaming services is that right
1: cell phone uh cable, and cable. That's select what it was. streaming services yes
0: yeah yeah so, so that's the overall the... list
1: of 2x is mm-hmm. just to summarize that local transit commuting rideshare apps, internet, cable, phone services, and select streaming. On all of the cards, those are the categories that you earn 2X on.
0: Right. But for the mid-tier and the high-tier, you get 3X on Southwest purchases. And on baby-tier, which is the plus card, you get 2X on Southwest purchases.
1: Exactly. And then for every other purchase, on all of the cards, it's 1X across the board. So... Basically, pretty much every card is exactly the same, except the lower tier card earns one point fewer per dollar, one fewer point per dollar on Southwest. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to, yeah. <laughs> They're pretty much the same. I guess just know that, but the lower tier card earns slightly less on, on Southwest. But overall, not the most exciting earning rates uh, if you're trying to rack up Southwest points, especially because you can um, transfer points. If Southwest is really you're like, game you can earn higher rates on categories by using like the chase sapphire preferred or chase sapphire reserve and then just transferring ultimate rewards to southwest and so if if you're spending on these other categories where southwest cards earn one point but say the chase cards earn three points or something like that two or three points per dollar then you're better off spending on those and transferring your points over so yeah not the not the best earning rates but if you're spending a lot of money on southwest every year then obviously this is a great way to rack up southwest points
0: yeah That's right. All right. I think the other thing to touch on is bonus points on the card anniversary because each of these cards come with various bonus points.
1: Yes. And this is just like flat chunks of points that every year when you pay the annual fee, boom, you get a flat chunk of points in your Southwest account.
0: That's right. And I bet you all can guess how the tiers go here. So plus (laughs) card, low tier. 3,000 bonus points on your card anniversary. Premier card, mid-tier, 6,000 bonus points on your card anniversary. And priority card, high-tier, 7,500 points on your anniversary.
1: Yeah. And I think this is the most important component of the cards, honestly. Because this is, if, if we just look at the value of points, we can get a really good idea of sort of how this offsets the annual fee. It's the best way to say like, okay, well just by paying the annual fee, I'm getting this points. And if the points are worth X cents per point, I'm essentially decreasing my net annual fee by X dollars. And so Mm -hmm. roughly we can say that Southwest points are worth like one and a half cents each, right? If we just like ballpark it. And so on the plus card, if you're earning 3000 points a year, that's like $45 worth of points. Um, against a $69 annual fee, so that's like almost two thirds of the annual fee, or like almost two thirds of the value of the annual fee is already sort of offset with the middle tier card. Six thousand Southwest points a year is worth about $90, and so on a $99 card, you're you pay $99 for an annual fee, and you get $90 of value back immediately right off the bat. That looks pretty good to me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The higher tier card, 7,500 points, that's worth about $113 against a $149 annual fee. So you're looking at like $36 net. But on that card, there is something that none of the other cards offer, which is a flat credit for Southwest Airlines of $75.
0: Yep. That's right. Sweetens it up a little.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So theoretically if you're someone who's going to get this card you're probably someone who flies southwest like once a year Mm -hmm. ideally more probably like 10 times a year if you're gonna get into the credit card game and so a 75 dollars credit for somebody who flies on southwest at least once a year is pretty much as good as cash and if we just between that and the points it's almost like this card, it's like a net negative annual fee of like $39 between when you have a like $113 worth of points plus a $75 credit. That's like coming out pretty close to $200 against a $149 annual fee. So, right there off the bat, just with math, you know, this card is offering awesome value it's one of those keeper cards because the value you get just by holding the card every year automatically offsets the annual fee as long as you can use those benefits which like we said if you have this card you probably fly southwest and it's probably very very easy to use straight up southwest cash and straight up southwest points
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean hard to argue that
1: (laughs) yeah exactly unfortunately the other two cards don't have any kind of Uh, credit like that. But again, none of these annual fees are outrageous, which is why I think now it's pretty clear which one I was talking about at the beginning of the episode when I said there was a clear front runner. And that is, to me, the priority card because of that fact that even though the annual fee is higher, you get just significantly more value than the other cards to the point that the negative fee is entirely paid back to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think when you're looking at annual fee matching with the benefits, the priority is a front runner here. I would make an argument for that premier card, especially if you don't fly uh, a lot of times per year with Southwest. If you're kind Mm -hmm. of like a more casual traveler, I would make an argument for the premier. Um, I would kind of not really consider the plus card for
1: almost anyone the see i i think that the plus card there is something to be said about the fact that you have to use these perks to get that value and when we're talking about like the value of points that you're getting it's not like that's cash in the bank you know so like it is it is more like a net value and so i can see someone who's like i don't want to mess around with that stuff i'm just getting into credit cards i really want to like get these bonus points and fly southwest and i want to like get into the ecosystem but i don't want the hassle of like calculating the value i'm getting i just want to pay the lowest annual fee be done with it sure for someone who just wants to keep it simple i can you know the 69 dollar card we're not talking about huge value here on any of these cards um on the general the and the sorry welcome bonus i think we are talking about huge value Yeah, yeah um but when we're talking about the perks i don't think it's like if you just want to keep it simple you shouldn't go too far out of your way to like get the higher card and then have to justified and use the credits and use the points and, like, do all this calculus and accounting for it. So I, I think it's reasonable uh, for the right person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's that's fair enough. I also we shared a recent uh hack in the lounge on how you can fast track to the companion pass with the personal mm-hmm. and a business card which if you get a personal and a business card in January 2024 is when you meet the sign up bonus then you'll have the companion pass through 2025 and if that is your primary goal i could see an argument for that plus card too if you're True. just going for that companion pass and you're getting all of those um, sign-up bonus points, I can see the argument there as well.
1: Yeah, if just the sheer like number of points is the thing you need, yeah. then yeah, I agree completely. Because yeah, like you said, they all have the same sign-up bonus.
0: Yeah, and 75,000 points on Southwest can go a, f- a, lo- a long way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a long way. If we're looking at the same value that we just talked about, like roughly 1.5 cents each, that's almost $1,200 worth of points from getting the sign-up bonus and meeting the minimum spend. So for yeah. any of these cards, like $1,200 of value against an annual fee that none of which go above $150, everyone's winning here regardless. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. But there So are I even, feel like, oh, well, go ahead. I was
1: going to say there are even more perks to talk about because uh, all of these cards also have so these ones are like more minor, but if you fly Southwest a lot, they can make a pretty big difference. For example, mm. you can get uh, early bird check-in certificates, you can get upgraded boardings um, and every card gets a twenty five percent discount on in-flight purchases, which again, if you're flying Southwest a lot, if you're paying for these things, that's not a bad a bad perk to have and uh for anyone who's not familiar with the way Southwest works. Basically, you don't have assigned seats beforehand. You check in, um, and after you check in, you get a boarding number, and you just line up in that order, and when you get on the plane, you take a seat that is free. That's just how Southwest works. And so the earlier you check in, the better boarding number you'll get, and therefore, the more options you'll have for a seat. And so an early bird check-in certificate, that could mean the difference between you sitting like in the front row on a window seat or like the back row in a middle seat, you know? So that I think has some fairly tangible value to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Actually, a funny thing I was thinking about before we hopped on this podcast, I'm not a huge Southwest person right now, but Southwest was like how I was trained to travel. It's like my family's number one okay airline and on my very first flight that i took by myself it was not southwest and i thought all flights you just got to choose your seat (laughs) yeah no (laughs) i was trained by southwest so i just went in and i just sat down in the seat
1: (laughs) that's actually hilarious
0: owned the airplane
1: (laughs) yeah if only if only things worked like that we could just (laughs) walk on and go sit in like the first class pod somewhere and it's like yep finders keepers i I got here first so i
0: got on first that's what southwest (laughs) lets me do uh yeah but it is a a valuable perk for our southwest loyalists
1: yeah and so i think i mean between all of these perks together i don't think we need to put a number value on the things like the discounts early bird check-in upgrade certificates But there is a clear winner just in terms of if you're someone who is into credit cards and you're looking to maximize the value you're getting and you want a card that year after year, you know, is going to sort of pay for itself, then I think the clear answer here is the priority card.
0: It's hard to argue it based on the value alone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, look, I'm a numbers guy. I trust the numbers and the numbers add up in our favor on this one. Anytime you can get like a net negative annual fee like that with yeah very little effort. This isn't like the platinum card where you have to like get a yeah. degree in American Express to understand how to use all the credits yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's just very simple. As long as you can use some points and you can use a little Southwest credit, this card pays for itself.
0: Yeah, now this is a true co-branded card. With all of their perks and benefits like directly related to Southwest.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great value for somebody who's trying to use Southwest. And I love the something I love about Southwest in general is the simplicity of it. Like their whole airline is simple. Like every aspect from booking to getting off the plane is simple. And I think they modeled these co-branded cards after that because Like you said, it's a true co-branded card. Like all of these benefits apply really nicely to someone who likes to fly Southwest, but anybody can use them and understand them so easily. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Agree. Though earlier when we were chatting through the three cards, I do feel like there's like a clear path for each card. (laughs) It's like they're all winners in their own way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like we said, I don't think anyone's losing here, especially with the welcome offer. And if you want like a good example, I put in Daily Drop when we announced this new signup offer, which was maybe last Friday-ish. I mapped out an itinerary in the U.S. and Mm. abroad on Southwest Mm. Airlines going everywhere from Boston to Florida to Texas to Costa Rica to Dominican Republic to Hawaii, California, um, all kinds of – all bookable – with these 75,000 Southwest signup bonus points. And so yeah. these things could take you so, so far. If you play your cards right, look for the best deals, uh, take advantage of promotions when Southwest has like discounted fares for award flights. Um, or if you just want to ball out for you and a family uh, and your family on like a round trip to Hawaii or something just once a year. And just not have to think about it, and you know, not have to save up points and get too strategic. This is just a nice big lump sum of points you can use on one trip that you're looking forward to. P- pretty much anyone who lives in the U.S. if they really wanted could get a ton of value from this.
0: It's true, and because I don't even think we've mentioned one of the u- unique things about Southwest is that every seat is bookable with points.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: That's. Is there any other airline like that? <laughs>
1: I mean, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's complicated the... because like with dynamic pricing, it's like seats, you know, seats can be available. Uh, yeah, it depends. It's like so yeah. with partner airlines, not always, but with an in-house currency, like they'll make it bookable, but then it gets really expensive and they just jack up the price to like hundreds of thousands of points. Right. So right. it's complicated. But again, Southwest, not so complicated. It's easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it just takes the, I mean, one of the biggest blocks I hear with travel hacking is the availability block when it comes to award seats, and it just, Mm -hmm. it takes that out of the equation, so.
1: A hundred percent. Easy
0: wins all around with Southwest.
1: Yeah, we like easy wins. It's great.
0: That's right. So, shall we go to our listener question? Have we, have we made the winner clear?
1: (laughs) I I think so, assuming we're on the same page here, which I, I think we are.
0: yeah. I mean, yes, I could make a strong argument for the premiere, the prior, which is mid-tier. I feel like I have mm-hmm. to clarify that because <laughs> they just couldn't make the names more clear. Premiere, mid-tier. I do feel like you are getting a solid amount of value on that if you just wanted to stay under that $100 annual fee mark. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's yeah. a solid argument for that one, and you're still getting you're getting the same spend categories on it. You're also getting no, no foreign transaction fees. You're also getting the same sign up bonus, and you're mm-hmm. still getting a solid amount of bonus points. I think yeah. there's a strong argument for that one being uh, a winner, but it it is hard to to argue the the clear net value when you're getting that credit.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think net value winner is the top tier card, the priority, and yeah. then like. Best all around, like, I want some perks, but I don't want to spend too much money up front. Probably the priority, or sorry, the premiere.
0: Mid-tier. I've been
1: talking about it for 30 minutes, and I still can't remember which one is which.
0: It's, it's, It's understandable. It is. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment 100%. I think that's spot on.
1: Great. Okay. Well, I think that covers that. Shall we move on now to the listener question?
0: Let's do it. So we're doing a listener question this week instead of one of our Segments that we don't have a name for still award point looking extravaganza segment. Um, but shout out to Colleen, who we shared some capital one tips last episode with, and she booked her flight to Italy.
1: Nice
0: cue the confetti. We love to hear that. <laughs> That's uh, great so, yeah, we're celebrating you, Colleen. We want to see pictures from your trip. She's she's taking those lay flat seats across Ooh, the pond, so nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. please let us
1: know how that goes, Colleen.
0: Yeah, we would love to hear it. Okay, so our listener question this week is from Pepper. And Pepper says, would you recommend using a credit card travel portal to maximize earning points?
1: Well, I think the answer is yes, but use caution, right? Yeah. So there are upsides and downsides to using a credit card travel portal like a bank travel portal Um, the upside is that oftentimes you can earn a lot more points booking through a portal and using a certain credit card than you can just booking directly with an airline or especially through like a third-party organization so i think tell me if i'm wrong but we're probably here talking about things like the chase ultimate rewards portal the american express travel portal capital one travel portal
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Pepper specified credit card travel portal.
1: Yes. Okay. And so, you know, if you're booking certain travel through Capital One portal and you have the Venture X card, you can be earning like 10X points. Uh, Same with the Chase Sapphire Reserve card. And even with the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you can be earning uh, 5X on, on certain travel when booking through the portal. And so it's a great way compared to the normal earning rates of say, oftentimes like two or three points per dollar when you're booking just with an airline or on a travel site. These can definitely max out the points. But when should you not do this, Megan?
0: I think it all comes down to doing smart research here. So if the price of your flight or hotel inside of the portal is significantly higher than the price of booking direct... Uh, that's when you really have to get clear on, are those points actually going to be worth it? Are the points that I'm earning by paying more going to be worth it in the end? And I mean, you can do that with simple math just by just seeing what the value of the points you'll earn will be. And I think that's really what it comes down to just doing smart research.
1: Yeah, exactly. I would say that most of the time, it's probably not worth it if the price is higher Mm. in the portal to use the portal. Having said that, it it's all relative, right? So if a flight with an airline costs $1,000, but in the portal it costs $1,003, well then, yeah, definitely the extra points are going to make it worth it. But yeah. if we're talking about like the airline, it costs $50, but in the portal it costs $75, definitely don't do it. Um, yeah. because So it's I think it's rare to see something like the first example I gave where it's a really high price flight or something and really tiny marginal difference, Oftentimes, it's going to either be the same, and that's great, and you should definitely book Mm -hmm. through the portal, or it's going to be different, and the portal is usually uh, substantially higher than the price, in which case it's not worth it. So, only basically, the points you earn from booking in the portal are not going to come anywhere near making up for the difference in dollars that you're spending the vast majority of the time.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's right. It just all comes back to that research um, and making the smart decision for you.
1: Yeah, and portals are a complicated topic that we'll go into more depth on at a later yeah. date because it, it gets really complicated, um, you know, when you're talking about these bank portals and the different programs they offer and like hotel programs and flight programs and points earning and credits and insurance and everything like that. There's a whole other world of that, but I hope the answer we just gave now at least gives you some insight into how to approach that.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a complex topic that a lot of people have strong feelings about. So they sure do. <laughs> uh, but I hope that answered your question, Pepper. And if you listening have questions, send them on over to us, and we'll answer them on a later episode, or maybe it'll inspire us to make a full episode out of like this portal's question.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good point too. If you have a topic, just like a general topic you want us to do a deep dive on in an episode, send that over too, because we're always looking for feedback and ideas for future episodes. But in general, you can find us, uh, you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at dailydrop.com with any of the things we just mentioned. And if you like this and want more Daily Drop content, you can find us at dailydrop.com for the newsletter slash blog-ish thing. And on Facebook, we have the Daily Drop Lounge where we have tens of thousands of people uh, who all get together and talk about travel. It's a great place to, to meet people, answer questions, share travel wins. Uh, it's just great. So please join us on all of those places. And of course, if you like this, we would really appreciate any kind of liking if you're on YouTube or reviews and ratings if you're listening to this on a podcast platform.
0: Yep, that's, that's right. It. until next time, my friends, happy travel hacking.
1: See you next week, everyone.